It's a great joy to be with you again in this first satsang of 2011. This is a satsang, you know, which means a very deep interconnectivity among all of us in the name of truth and in the reality of the truth of our being. And it's a very important year that has begun. I think it's a year that's going to force everyone out of denial. It's already begun with global floods freezing in the northern hemisphere and various other mysteries, bird deaths in many places, massive mysterious deaths of flocks and other signs and wonders and these will augment, they will increase, they will accelerate all of these phenomena of this time period. We must be ready for them. And the only way we can be ready for these phenomena which represent only one side of what I would call a transplosion. There's an implosion and an explosion happening simultaneously as well as an interplosion from other dimensions. There are explosions into this plane of reality or unreality. And there are intraplosions within the soul of each being. And all of these interdimensional and extradimensional phenomena will be revealed as time goes on, especially to those who are awakened. And in order to be prepared for these and to be adequate in our ability to respond to these events which have to do with our own personal lives since we are all interconnected, we have to become stabilized in the reality of our true being. The reality of the being that is transcendent of the duality of life and death because only then can we face reality fearlessly and with clarity and lucidity and accuracy in order to know how to move ahead in this cinematic wonder that we call reality that is reaching an extraordinary climax. And so it's important to understand how to meditate, how to shut off the static in the mind to reach the true signal that's coming from that supreme reality that's trying to guide us, but that we don't generally pay attention to because we've been indoctrinated that it doesn't exist and we shouldn't pay attention to it. It's only our imagination and we should only pay attention to what we can establish by the scientific method, etc., etc. But now it turns out that the scientific method is actually a method. It's all been a myth all along as science itself has proven that the world is not made of matter at all. Or at least it's down to about 4% of the universe according to the latest cosmological uh, distribution of forces when you add in dark matter, dark energy, antimatter, all of these things. What is matter? It's almost nothing. In fact, it is nothing since matter is convertible from particle to wave wave is a non-localized and non-material phenomenon. 
And the only reason why we think of this as a material world is because the world is repulsive. By that I mean that when the transform from wave to particle happens, the particles develop this repulsive force. It repels. Okay? When I touch this table, I'm not actually touching the table. I'm touching a force field that repels the force field around the hand. None of you are actually sitting right now. You're levitating because you're not actually in touch with the matter of the chair or the zafu or whatever you're sitting on. You're levitating above it. Granted, it's a very tiny level of levitation, but it's there. You're not touching anything material. And it's very important that we recognize that and that atoms themselves, they are 99.99999% empty space. And even what isn't empty space is only made up of waves of what are being recognized as consciousness. And so in order to understand the reality we're in, we have to shift our paradigm. But to shift that paradigm in a way that recognizes the more subtle realities, that means that our capacity to perceive subtle realities must be increased. It can't just be an intellectual change, because that won't do it in a time of crisis. And it's not a matter of memorizing equations or metaphysical belief systems. It's a matter of what is truly real to you in the moment. And nothing else will be sufficient to enable you to respond to the challenges that will be present. And so we have to learn to make that shift into a higher dimension of consciousness. And the traditional yogic way of doing that, which is the earliest scientific method, true method of of conscious transformation, is through an internalization, a turning around of our conscious energies. And in the meditative state, we do this in a seven-stage process that will lead to samadhi, or the immersion in this higher quantum field of consciousness that can achieve mastery over this phenomenal unreality. So the first stage is that of pacification. If you want to meditate, you have to pacify your body. You have to make it calm enough and free enough of agitation that you can let go of your concern for the body. But if the anxiety level is too high, the body will produce symptoms that keep you from meditating. You'll either get all itchy and antsy, or you'll start coughing, uh, or you will uh, do other things that cause you to have to get up and leave the room. But the, the, the ego sensor is very clever and produces all kinds of distractions that will justify deciding not to meditate anymore because it creates anxiety. So we have to pacify the body enough that we can then go to the second stage, which is pronification. The body is not basically physical. That's the illusion. The second level, the more subtle level, is that of prana, which we could call bioelectromagnetic energies that are flowing through the body. And we need to become aware of the prana and get it to flow. And that's what will start to make our consciousness more subtle. 
And the pranification will then lead to the third stage, which is a pyramidization. The prana will begin to pyramid upward. The kundalini shakti energy, which is even more subtle than the prana, will begin to rise. You know the word pyramid, it comes from uh, the word pyre and mid. It is the central fire. Pyre, like pyromaniac or funeral pyre, right? It is the central flame within our uh, body-mind consciousness. And so the energy has to rise to that central flame, which is the third eye, which leads to the third phase of, or fourth phase. Which phase are we at? Pacification, <laughs> planification, uh, pyramidization, the fourth phase of pinealization. The activation of the pineal gland. And this sets in motion a whole cascade of electromagnetic effects, neuroelectrical and neurochemical effects that uh, cascade through the endocrine system and through the higher command centers of the, the brain, the prefrontal lobes and the motor uh, complex in chakra seven. All of this gets activated to make our awareness even more subtle and you become aware of the inner light which then leads to the next one. What are we on, number five? Which I have called pontification. Uh, but it's not like pontification in the ordinary sense of uh, being a blowhard. But, but there is that aspect of, of being able to download from the source information that can be turned into, uh, into a symbolic form, whether in language or images or mathematics or music whatever is needed for a particular kind of communication. But that source, we could also call it puenteification. You know, the word pontiff from the Pope is, is a bridge to God, right? So it is that bridging. We could also say it's a, a pointification because your consciousness reached one-pointedness and that point is able to go beyond or through the space-time continuum into the noumenal plane. It can cross the diaphanon and create a bridge. Uh, so you could also call it penetration. But this bridging uh, enables then the entire body-mind to reach the next phase, which is the permeation of body-mind with the higher energies, the supernal energies. They are transcendent. We're no longer dealing with the energies of uh, wave particle. And then finally, when that has been fully achieved, there is the pleromatization, the fullness that comes from realizing that you are that source. That is interconnected and that is omnicentric. So in other words, whoever you look at, you realize as yourself. There are no others anymore. You're no longer in the field of duality or multiplicity, but in a realization of the oneness of all that is. And this interconnectivity changes then the way that the phenomenal plane functions, the destiny of karma itself can be altered through that recognition because the recognition is the energy of love. And that love actually counters the repulsive force of matter. 
and shifts it back into that attractiveness of the beauty of the radiant energy that we all are and can actually change the nature of the events that transpire in the phenomenal plane. Okay, so all of this is theory and now we need to actually experience it as a reality. In the old days, in the ancient world, uh, this uh, information was well known to, to almost everybody and that's why it wasn't difficult to uh, get to the higher levels. And people had faith in this kind of information. The desert fathers and mothers, for example, who went out, left society you know, in the 2nd century AD, 3rd century, 4th century, they did that because they knew this was true and they needed to be able to go to a place free of distractions in order to download all of this and achieve that higher knowledge. And so it was a process of faith that led to love, that led to the supreme knowledge. And here knowledge is understood as union, as the realization that you are God, not just a connection, but the non-dual realization of God consciousness that is all of us. But now we don't have that any longer. Uh, we have been taught to be cynical about all of that. And so we have to gradually gain that knowledge through experiential efforts of silencing the mind. But the more that your capacity to concentrate develops, the more you will find that the energy field inside the mind does begin to glow and it does begin to release a kind of energy that is non-ordinary. If you'll stay with that, it will continue to augment and the field will lead to the pinealization and to the permeation and all of these higher stages automatically. So you don't have to keep thinking about this agenda. This is just something that will naturally flow. But the main thing is to keep the externalizing mind from distracting you from the source of your own consciousness. That's all you have to do. Okay, it's all very simple. And the fact that we are all interconnected enables us as a group to get to a much higher stage of this meditative process than we would alone. And so this group energy field is a gift that we are offering to each other. And as one rises, all, all the ships are lifted by the same tide, you could say. All the souls will rise in congruence with the most coherent energy that is being transmitted in the field. Okay, So that's all that we need to do. And I'm sorry for giving such a long uh, prologue to this, but I think that it may help to recognize that there is a logic and a methodology and a whole science of consciousness that's thousands of years old that has worked all of this out and that is completely uh, in correspondence with contemporary quantum mechanics and beyond it. So, without further ado, let's meditate.